0: This podcast is a part of the Podmania Podcasting Network. Check out podmania.co.uk to check out more of our great podcasts, features, reviews, match ratings, and previews spanning the crazy and diverse world of professional wrestling. Hello, my name is Simon Miller from What Culture Wrestling, and you are listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast, and you better keep listening to it. Why? Here's why. Welcome to another episode of the Podmania podcast, The Week in Wrestling. I'm your host, Rob Gunn, and I'm joined by Chris O'Brien. How are you, Chris? Fine. Um, you told me before we came on air that you hate me for watching X-Men. But... <laughs> I, I was wondering where that was going then. I was like, what's he going to say? I hate him? What? Oh, no, but... he's watching the X-Men films. That's perfectly fine.
1: I tried to explain this before we came on air, before we ended up talking about David Starr. Um... It was um, on, like, Saturday, in, or it was Saturday or Sunday, I was hungover, and um, I was just lying in bed, scrolling through Disney+, and I was like, oh, X-Men, I haven't seen Max since I was a teenager, I loved it as a teenager, teenager watched it, it was great, I was like, I've never seen x Tape. I'm going to watch x and then, like, Robert, you know, I'm fairly compulsive, I was like, okay, I'll watch X-Men 3, and once I watched X-Men 3, I'm like, okay, I guess I'm watching all of them now um so i've just gone past for wolverine and to be fair, i'm enjoying it so far i even enjoyed the ones that gas as he hates which is both wolverine movies
0: i will just say for context that you did also say that you enjoyed the origins film which has that absolutely abhorrent deadpool in it
1: yeah but here's the thing i, I was trying to put i try when i watch comic book movies i try and put myself in the shoes of someone who hasn't read a comic in their life which would have been me at that age. Also, um, I'm not massive into Marvel mythology, but I do love Deadpool. So like, on one hand it's like, yeah, fuck that. But also like, on, honestly, if I had never heard of Deadpool in my life and just saw Wade and I'm like, oh, okay. i think like removed from like expectations and comic continuity. It's fine. I don't think it's a great film. I think it's a fine film.
0: I think you're wrong but there we like, are okay, apart from the
1: Deadpool thing what makes it a bad film
0: um, the entire narrative the way they messed up Sabretooth um, the, the Sabretooth thing was stupid there you go I mean there's only so many things that you can fuck up in a film whether it is the narrative whether it's the dialogue whether it's the character development or whether it's the characters in general if you fuck up two or more of those you can't have that many things that save it it's a terrible film
1: don't know, Harry Potter managed to trug along with all
0: that. Yeah, the difference is that Harry Potter has the books to support it.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, not anymore.
1: I'm pretty sure Matt Hats, and Monica, um has come out for real or through Harry Potter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, Chris, you made reference to David Starr, and let's use that as a segue to get into all the news from this week in wrestling. Obviously, we didn't record one last week. We had all sorts of power outages and all sorts of problems, so we no, haven't done that. No, you had all sorts of
1: power outages.
0: It was it was bizarre. Um, the last couple of days have just been a storm every night. It's been it's been crazy. Now you know what it's like living in Scotland. Um. Anyway, so as Chris alluded to um, earlier this week, um, David Starr. It was it broke that David Starr, um, via an ex girlfriend, was alleged to have been um, sexually assaulting a woman um this has all broken on twitter the woman has come out and basically said that david Starr is manipulative he is uh, mentally abusive he has sexually abused her uh went on in a, a big a big long statement um to say all the things that he's done um david Starr uh was very quick in his uh, response um chris obviously i'll throw it to you in a moment i'm not going to obviously quote the entire thing because um he posted about seven screenshots of the notes app on his phone explaining what was going on and basically he's announced that from august 2009 he's been in counseling um and in this it's not a rebuttal because he accepts everything that the lady's called victoria everything she says he accepts that he's done he stops short of the sexual assault allegation. This all stems from basically a gig that they were at uh, in the hotel room. Um, there seems to be um, sort of issues with the word no. The Victoria says that she said no and David Starr says if there was a no, I didn't hear it. He was under the impression that it was consensual. Um, this has led to David Starr being stripped of the TNT championship, the OTT championship and has been let go from his partnership to We Are The Um it's a very very messy situation, again David Starr has admitted to a lot of things that basically are very 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 unpleasant and needs to be looked at and sorted um, we're not going to speculate on here as to whether the rape allegation is true that's it's not it's an unpleasant area an an area that absolutely should not be happening and it's a an disgrace it still is happening but it's not for us to speculate as to whether it's true or not what i will say is that um david Starr needs to sort himself out sort out everything that has been levied at him um you know he's come out and said that he's a dickhead in relationships he's you know he's cheated he's been manipulative he's being immature he's been all these things but that doesn't that doesn't come as any it's not an excuse basically Um but we're going to see how this all pans out and yeah that's we, we wanted to report it as it is the biggest wrestling story at the moment that's going around Especially
1: in Brit res because it's essentially an alleged predator is in Brit res and it's so tightly knit, which is bad because like I feel like every year we have something like this and like you get it in your head that res is better than that, but it keeps proving that it isn't.
0: Yeah, um, David Starr is one of the biggest names in Brit res,
1: and yes, yeah. um, just for like um, a quick overview, oh, like just how big he is, um, he. One progress is super strong so and um headlined Alexander Palace, he's in the biggest feuds in like LDT as well, against Dablin and Walter. Um, also WXW, who's their champion. Um like chance of you're a small indie promotion, you've been booking him, like Discovery up here has been booking him. Um also like TNT as mentioned. Um who was I thinking of? Um uh, the one down in Brighton. Um I think it, it, the name Riptide. The- Riptide, that's what I'm thinking of. But like, yeah, he's he's been like that journeyman worker, and like, yeah, just it's bad. Like, it's honestly, he's... by the sounds of it, like again, we don't want to speculate, but like what he's putting out there, like we can't say we're always guilty, but sure as fuck, isn't innocent, and that's awful. Like it, again, as and aside at this point, because like the way he builds up, he's meant to be better than that. And I just, yeah, it's he's absolutely reprehensible. It, like even d- with the stuff he's been admitting, like yeah, that's fairly fuck yeah. off, mate.
0: <laughs> yeah, even without the rape allegation, which is horrendous in itself, to then you know even even the stuff he's admitted to is disgusting. Yeah, and the way he but treats like, other uh... people, treats women, treats relationships, the way that he's you know. The things that he's admitted to, yeah, admitting to it, unfortunately, does not clear you.
1: The fact that he had this statement prepared a week and a half in advance and then, like, promoted it. And, like, he had it out basically as soon as possible and then promoted it, it. That stinks of me trying to get ahead of the narrative, which does not make you... Which isn't a good look.
0: Yeah, and... That is one of the things I've seen on Twitter. Obviously, people have erupted on Twitter. Um, David Starr was quite a (laughs) divisive figure, but I think that and the fact that it is so long, the fact that he doesn't. He seems to be saying, if you think that, if you think that, then I'm sorry, if you think that, then I'm sorry. So the wording of his statement, as well as. Exactly. And then on top of that, the, um, the fact that he promoted it, the fact that it was done a week in advance. That. Something's not right there, but again, I'm not here to speculate.
1: We're not judge, jury, or executioner, with these dicks of a podcast, and I'm not like I, I'm trying to be very, very careful because, like, um, one thing I have noticed is the discourse around that this is awful, and that's just like, for example, um, Star was already not. Well liked among a lot of people, especially WWE fans, because he was very vocal. Which um, people are going, oh, I knew he like they have been waiting for an opportunity to hate start. And don't get me wrong, this is a, a this is a big big reason to hate that. Like I used to love him and I hate him now. But also, um, people aren't going well reprehensible thing. Fuck him. They're going, oh yes, I have a reason to shout fuck him. And that's, yeah, you're not good at that point. Like, I just want to say that, like, again, you can say fuck him, but don't stop
0: celebrating, but you finally have a reason to not like him. Yeah, absolutely. Let's move on from this then, because it's an an unpleasant topic and we need to wait for more things to come to light. Whether anything else is done from this, obviously Victoria said she's not pressing charges, and unfortunately it sounds very much like a he said, she said thing. Let's wait. Gonna get a shit,
1: um, a shit ton of abuse as well, just because that's what happens when women come forward, unfortunately.
0: Which is disgraceful. It's
1: absolutely disgusting if you're one of those people, regardless of any situation. Fuck off. You don't deserve to wear.
0: One billion percent agree with you, mate. Let's move on then, um, away from this, and let's move on to the greatest pay per view ever. Chris. <laughs> Very quickly
1: talk about how happy i was that
0: the greatest showman was um the theme song here
1: well i'm not a fan you're not a fan of the greatest showman you heartless bastard
0: i mean i'm, I'm don't forget i work in a school so as soon as that film came out it was fucking everywhere for six months
1: so, so you
0: don't like any of the songs no i don't i think they're not what annoying yeah i don't they take me from the highest highs to the criest cries, Rob. I mean, I don't even like the fact that Panic! at the Disco covered it. In fact, I hate it even more because it was the Panic! at the Disco version.
1: Yeah, to be honest, the fact that Panic! at the Disco, yeah, I didn't. Disco was not It's awful. But yeah, the, the, the actual movie is amazing. Made
0: me cry. Every time. Every time. <laughs> Did you realise that the other theme was Green Day? I, I I skipped through most of this paper. You, you're gonna have to stop. You're gonna have to stop giving me credit. <laughs> <laughs> the song "Oh Yeah" by Green Day, which I was like, I know this song from somewhere. It's it's not. It's off the new album, and it's it's uh, so not one hilarious. of the. It's no, not one of their best.
1: What an awful! That's probably my least favorite album of the last year. What father of all? Oh, it's not that bad. I mean, Green like, Day and produced expectation, words expectation it was either the album before this or the album before that, like back in 2016. That was all right; but that was a decent album.
0: Uh, then, Revolution like, Radio.
1: Yeah, I thought that was a good album. What's well, a very and good album? Then, and then this comes out, and it's just like I'm bored. I'm bored. I'm bored. Something happened. Something happened. And it's like no, there's so much better time to like listen to
0: Charlie XCX's new album. Great record. You know what I listen to. You know that I'm not going to do that.
1: I mean, I know you're not going to do that, but, like, our fans might
0: want to. Anyway, um, so <laughs> Sunday saw Backlash 2020 from the Performance Centre. Um, This was obviously billed 100% around the stipulation of the greatest wrestling match ever, but there were other matches on this card. And basically, what I want to say is this show... Not fucking bad, I'll be perfectly honest. I I enjoyed this show, Chris.
1: Um, It was. It's better than Money in the Bank, uh, mostly because it ended on a better note, where Money in the Bank was sort of like a fine show with a great title match and a shocking ender. Whereas this, this is almost paced as much, as well as like Double or Nothing. And it's not as good as Double or Nothing, don't get me wrong, but like still.
0: Let's... Del like straight. in terms of oh, sorry, Chris, I didn't know how to finish.
1: In terms of like, in, like overall thoughts, I did skip one or two matches because look, guys, I I track my matches of the year and I have like a fifty fucking match um list I need to get through, so like, I There's only so much time in a day. Um, uh, um, in terms of like COVID era shows, I'd say this is better than Mania. Um, I'm not, Mania. I'm not- Mania had higher height, well, maybe not higher highs, but like actually no because that fire Funhouse... house, but like by and large, Mania was a bit of a snooze fest.
0: I felt the lack of crowd more at Mania than I did here. And obviously because I know they've got people from the uh, performance centre in. Well get onto that. Oh god will we? Um but I don't know. It just I, it does help that these pay-per-views that they've been doing in the empty um in the empty arena sort of era. We've had uh, Money in the Bank, which clicked in at under two and a half hours. This was only just over three hours, and that's only because the main event went forty-four minutes. So I don't know whether it is just because of that, or whether because you know a simple smattering of twenty people makes a difference. I don't know, but I did enjoy this show. Yeah, um, I
1: enjoy I enjoy the NXT talent being on ringside because it gets to play like where's Waldo with obscure. Um... Employment cent employment centre, um performance <laughs> centre. The job centre. Yeah, where we sent fucking sixty other roster members. Um that I, I guess like like for example, Casey Cantaro and uh, I forget her name, but she's really good with like the dreadlocks from the Young Classic were in there
0: and Oh, what's her name? Cat not Cameron. Um not- oh, <laughs> fuck is her name. I know I know who you're talking about. I'm pretty sure it's late. No, it's not
1: late. And I think, no, I think our it... name was Lacey, and then we changed it because Lacey Evans.
0: It's not Peyton. No, it's not Peyton. Oh, what's her name? That's really going to bug me. Carry on, anyway.
1: But yeah, that that that, that was actually fairly fun. And then, like, this, this show was fairly fun. I did skip the two matches in the middle because I have no time for a Braun Strowman title run or Nia Jacks. but yeah. And, but also, like, I had time for the War Raiders until they didn't have time.
0: <laughs> um. Well. We'll get on to that because I have fucking thoughts on that. (laughs) Anyway, I'm just going to run through a couple of these. We'll stop at the main talking points, but otherwise, no. Um, Apollo Crews defeated Andrade on the pre-show for the United States Championship. Good match, clean match. Very, very inoffensive. Angel Garza came out with Andrade. He ate a stunner from Kevin Owens, who was on commentary. And I hope to God that when Kevin Owens retires, he goes to commentary because he's entertaining a shit.
1: I have a thought of, of that for someone else later in the show as well. Um, but Yeah, is Cruz still... Cruz was champ, wasn't
0: he? Cruz is champ. Cruz is still champ. How's he doing as champ? I haven't seen any of it. Um, this sort of links into something I'm going to talk about later. Paul Heyman is big on Apollo Cruise and obviously that's a reason he got a big push. How that will fare now that oh, yeah. Heyman has got... L- Less to do with WWE Creative on Raw, if anything to do, I don't know. He was booked well here, but it was a throwaway seven-minute match on the pre-show. It will have to be... We'll have to wait and see. Apparently
1: Vince is incredibly high on Garda.
0: Yeah, he's labelled him the new Eddie Guerrero, hasn't he?
1: Because, you know, we can't can't have an original Lantina.
0: Well, this but, is also the same Vince, Vince that was high on Humberto Carrillo and Andrade and Rey Mysterio. Yeah. And, with you know, Vince, he flips and flops. It's Vince McMahon.
1: With Vince, he seems to have three lanes for um, Lantino people. You have the Rey Mysterios,
0: you have the
1: Eddie Guerreros, and you have the people who are going to pay minimum wage to do my garden. That seems to be the three. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um I gave it six stars. It's it's not one I would actively encourage you to go and watch. It was just there. It was a decent defense for Apollo Crews, who gets yet yeah, another win over Andrade. Uh, we kicked off the main show with the Triple Threat Tag Team Match for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships with the Boston Hood Connection uh, defeating Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross and the Iconics. Question. Go on.
1: How are we this far into WWE respecting women and somehow half members of this match fucking suck?
0: Well, I will say that the match itself wasn't that bad. Um, I enjoyed certain bits of it, and I thought. Died at one point. (laughs) Well, I thought Billy Kay has improved. I still think that she was the weak link in this match.
1: Yeah, I think the iconics were with Blissful, I find it weird that she's been like the biggest thing in this division for ages, and she's still not great.
0: See, I disagree. I think she's improved massively, and in this match, for me, she was a standout.
1: Yeah, she's went from a three out of ten to a six out of ten.
0: Yeah, she's she's not the best in the ring. I mean, there is still a distance between Sasha Banks, Bailey, and the rest of them.
1: I, again, I haven't watched Raw or anything, but like, how could her promos be good as a face?
0: Um, I d- I don't know, but I don't think she is cutting many promos. I know she's still got the moment yeah. of bliss segments. Um, but... Cro- Cro- Cross was sort of just there. Nikki Cross is great. Um, she's so good in the ring, but she's would she's you... given so little time to shine, which is unfortunate. But unfortunate, that's just the way it is. Unfortunately,
1: would you believe that Nikki Cross played a um supermodel character in ICW?
0: It seems to go against everything her character stands for in the (laughs) WWE, but okay. No, I didn't know that. She
1: she was completely different in ICW. um, Partly because... Like, you just have a Raj girl in a Glasgow promotion, people are just going to go, oh, it's like my girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, and then Bailey and Sasha are great, but I think everyone's sick of the heart woman at this point.
0: Yeah, it's it's coming across that... uh... Especially, it's especially coming down on Charlotte, but I mean, yeah. But
1: like, when was the last time like Charlotte has a chokehold on like the big stories? So I don't blame people for being sick of Charlotte. Um, Becky was just well, not was starting to lose her well, but then she stepped away to have a child, Um, and then like Bailey is a Karen.
0: Bailey and Sasha have been basically running the SmackDown Women's Division for over a year now, so.
1: Um. I, like I still see Bailey's new look, um, look as her new look. This it has been around for like a year now.
0: I weirdly think it suits her. I, I... It does
1: suit her. I think she. I think like as a heel, I think she looks really cool. But also like she looks like a Karen. Oh yeah,
0: like she, she looks
1: really like, does. He's gonna ask to speak to your manager. She's gonna refuse to wear face masks. When again she wouldn't be allowed to. Um, uh. Just yeah, she just yeah. <laughs> This match was fine. Nothing really to talk about. Um, Sasha Banks remains to be one of the best workers in the WWE Women's Division.
0: Yep, agreed. Um, One thing I will say, going back to your previous comment about Bailey being Karen, I don't appreciate the fact that Peter Rosenberg and whoever's on the WWE kickoff show referenced her as Karen. And not okay with that. That's a joke for fans to make. Stop making your performers look less legitimate.
1: You know, it's like, like, it's weird, because they fall like, because I'm sure, like, they're not paying, like, Sam Roberts or Peter Rosenberg a lot, but, like, what if they're paying them? is too fucking much they're shit. Because, um, <laughs> like, every time I see them, they're like, they're, like, legitimately burying talent. I'm like, right, but the difference between, like, doing that on a radio show, like, at least they're not going full, full JD from New York. But, um, I, like, when you're on... Uh, you need to make everything look legitimate, like as legitimate as possible. And yeah, you just can't do that. Like, A performance can insult a performance, but you're meant to be an on air reporter. It's just annoying.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. I agree completely with you. Um, I don't know if you saw this, Chris, because I know you had this match on in the background, but Peyton Royce delivered a a very, very questionable-looking suicide dive slash I body through it, the ropes. I
1: that's why I said Peyton Royce almost died, because she, like, fucking... Like, it's there wasn't somebody... Like, if there was one less person there, she probably would have fallen on her head.
0: Oh, I didn't hear you say Peyton Royce. I don't know what I thought you said. I heard someone die, but I didn't hear Peyton Royce. It was, it was a scary-looking spot. Um, yeah, it
1: wasn't good. Um And, yeah, again, this goes back to, like, half the women. Like, they're not unsafe. Uh, Only one really is unsafe. But, like, if they try to go to that next level, they seem to, like, just sort of fall apart a little. And, like, that's fine, but that sort of speaks to, like, how NXT isn't really developmental anymore. So there's nowhere for these people to quietly get better.
0: No. um, The match ended when Alexa Bliss hit the Twisted Bliss on Peyton Royce and Sasha Banks rolled Alexa Bliss off Peyton Royce, rolled her up for the win so that they retained.
1: That was really smooth.
0: And also I noticed like um when Banks was throwing strikes for a stiffer strike. So like she's just overall a
1: bit stiffer. Now I haven't seen her wrestle properly for a while, but yeah, she's stiffer than last time I saw her.
0: Yeah, absolutely I gave it five. It was inoffensive, relatively botch free. Five. Um we then moved on to the grudge <laughs> match uh, question. of the show. Um the piss in the cut question- match.
1: Okay, several questions. So like, it's, so basically the setup for this is Seamus knocked out Jeff Hardy in a back alley, ran over Elias, um, poured whiskey over Jeff Hardy to make it smell like he'd been drinking, and then put the whiskey in the car and ran off. Uh,
0: yes, that is correct, yes. Why did he do that? Um, also,
1: he's committed felony. He's stolen a car. He's assaulted someone. He's ran someone over. And also wasted some fairly good bourbon. Like, what the f- he should be in jail.
0: You even, hey, uh, you know what I mean? It was like, a fact. He- Hang on. It was the fact that Jeff Hardy, when he came out, cut this promo. By the way, Jeff's promo ability has come on leaps and bounds. Um, oh that because
1: he like because thing is he I th- he sounded legitimately pissed off. Which to be fair, he probably is. It's not something going. He would have had to have approved it. But like, this is a place where it's fibes people for less.
0: Exactly. But <laughs> he then said and then a witness said that they saw someone running away with red hair and a red beard. And I just thought, if you have a distinctive look like Seamus undoubtedly does, cover the fuck up.
1: Yeah, it's like, oh, who is that really Seamus-shaped person (laughs) running away
0: from this crime scene? And Seamus has got a very distinctive run as well.
1: Yeah, no, exactly, like... He runs like a Roydy McGee, looks like... like, You know what he looks like? He looks like a roided out um, beaker from The Muppets.
0: And, yeah, just put a hoodie on. Yeah, absolutely. That's all he took, just pull your hood up, Seamus. I mean, he's less noticeable now than when he had that massive fucking ginger mohawk, which I do miss.
1: But he still has, like, sticky-up hair.
0: Oh, yeah, he'd still stand out in a crowd. You wouldn't lose him at Alton Towers.
1: No, you. <laughs> <laughs> right, he's also. T- I'm pretty sure he's too tall to go on half it, right?
0: He's fucking. He's a big youth. Is Seamus. He's a
1: he's a big one, isn't he? Um, but yeah. Um, like honestly, the only problem I have with about well, two things. One, the ethics of it. Uh, but even that aside, two, if Seamus just wanted to like prove he was better than Jeff Hardy, just um, why didn't he just like do the normal do it brief thing the attack? Like he didn't need like. I... Like his feelings don't really back up the felonies he has committed.
0: I imagine, and I want to get into this in a minute, um, but I imagine at Extreme Rules, which they advertised for July 19th, the day after some anniversary, um, there is going to be some manner of cage match or stipulation match where Jeff is going to get the correct amount of justice for being framed. You know, Sheamus is going to be beaten hither and yon by Jeff. I mean, like, he's a,
1: he's a piss for an offer.
0: Can we just appreciate, just before we get on to this match, can we just appreciate possibly the greatest sell of Sheamus' career when that piss hit? <laughs> and well done to the cameramen as well for catching that in slow motion. Because as the piss hit the very end of Sheamus' beard and you've got the beard waggling, dripping in Jeff Hardy's viscous piss. It's just absolutely fantastic. uh,
1: How much does Jeff Hardy have in the tank?
0: Well, not only that, the fucking colour of the thing. What has he been drinking?
1: Yeah, fucking hydrate,
0: Jeff. (laughs) He's just been drinking Powerade for six years. (laughs) It's like... (laughs) It's It's just
1: Powerade. Let's move away
0: from the... <laughs> Stop, let's move away from Jeff Hardy's piss. Yeah,
1: because like, I don't trust <laughs> to, go, to not go down a pitch rabbit hole for half an hour. Um, this match was fine. It had a decent structure. It built up nicely, We ended on probably the biggest spot. I, I thought it was okay.
0: I really enjoyed this match. I think both Jeff and Sheamus have got really good chemistry. Sheamus was really, really brutish. I thought, Jeff, this was the best I've seen Jeff in a long, long time. Um, the story they told was relatively simple, but good. um, you're right. The two broke kicks, you know, finished it off. It was a it's clearly building to extreme rules to a bigger stipulation match. But as first matches go in a feud, I really enjoyed it. Solid it match. Cool? I gave it seven um,
1: i I gave it a, I give it like high six or seven for me. um, this is the best sort of you're gonna get out of Jeff Hardy about a stipulation.
0: Yeah, you've got to remember the lad's 42 now. He's he's not going yeah, to be able to do the ridiculous shit the,
1: anymore. He's never been the best. Rat. Like, the only like, 8 out of 10 non-stipulation Jeff Hardy match, I can think, oh, I can think of two. Austin Aries and um, Randy Orton
0: at Royal Rumble. Oh, that match against Orton was good. That match against yeah. Orton was great
1: um but yeah um basically on that oh and punk but then again the best punk match thats not going down this rabbit hole this is probably as close to the best as you're gonna get of how about stipulation nowadays um he's best known for jumping off high shit so that should be fun um let's i imagine
0: on. that's why extreme rules is going to be highly centered around him before we move on to the asuka versus Nijax match which i know you didn't watch so i'll talk about but what do you think about the new logo for extreme rules
1: i know it reminds me of something but i've forgotten, forgotten what it reminds me of is it
0: disney x it's disney disney xd yes
1: that's <laughs> what it reminds me of <laughs> I, I loved disney xd like we had sky for like half a year and it's the best six months of my young life um and um phineas and ferb what what a show
0: honestly i saw that and i was like that's that's the Disney XD logo. And then I logged onto Twitter and literally the first thing on Twitter was a side-by-side comparison. Oh, my God. It's it's a logo. It's a logo.
1: You know what else it reminded me of was um, JetX, if you remember that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's it's clearly someone in the back has gone, well, Extreme Rules has had the same logo since 2014. We need to change that shit up. And just it it's... It's the it looks like someone has paid three and a half quid to a freelancer and has just said, I need you to knock something up now. They, they lost It was yeah. It was it was not good, it, but yeah, there we are. Um singles match for the Royal Women's Championship, Asuka versus Jax ended in a double count out. Um Chris, I know you're not a fan of Jax, but nope. Asuka was phenomenal. In this How's match um i thought again these two have a decent chemistry you've got the dichotomy sorry the disparity between asker attempting all these submissions um really really ingenious ways of getting into arm bars and things like that and then naya Jax's power um it got a bit sloppy at the end um asker <laughs> <Did> attemp- is <it? laughs> well it was it wasn't just Jax. it The ending was bizarre. Basically, you've got Jax um, on the inside and Asuka doing what is known as the Suzuki armbar over the ropes. Um, They end up both on the outside, then some sort of mess. Either um, Asuka lost a grip, I think, or Naya lost her grip. One of the two. Simple thing. Um, They both ended up on the outside, and then stuff sort of... It just... Ended in a double countout. It was a very, very anticlimactic ending.
1: Um, But we're going to get more. Because you know what Nia Jax
0: um, deserves after injuring um, Kyrie
1: Sane twice in um, a month is title shots. A a big title program.
0: I'll be honest, I have no desire to see this match again. I know that the Raw Women's Division is sort of wafer thin at the moment. um, But this is not a program I want to see more of. I think, obviously, Naya went off and had two extremely serious knee operations. And, you know, it does take a lot of time to recover from that. But it's very, very clear in these matches that she has lost a step. And it's just, it's becoming clearer. Asuka, again, absolutely fantastic. You know, she she continues to be one of the best things on Raw and I think she is the absolute right person to carry on, to carry the Raw Women's Championship I feel bad giving it a four but I don't feel like I can give it more because it was just such a shit it was not- ending it was a nothing match basically it was a complete nothing match yeah absolutely um, am I right in
1: saying the next oh, one is also that and we should just skip it because I don't want to give any time
0: to this <laughs> Basically, the Braun Strowman beating Miz and Morrison in a two-on-one handicap match for the Universal Championship, the only caveat you need to know is that Miz and Morrison didn't realise until the pre-show that the stipulation meant that whoever pinned Braun was the Universal Champion, not both of them. And that led to, you know... Morrison and it Miz just... together are great. I think they are they are genuinely funny. Um, yeah, no, their but... song to yeah, Braun was genuinely funny. Have you ever watched The Dirt Sheep, their old, their old show? I haven't. It's great. You should. Oh, right. Okay. I thought I wasn't sure if there was more to come. You were just like, have you ever watched it?
1: Well, you, you sure? yeah, no, it's just it's it's, it's just really good. Like, all, like all these shows, like being the elite, they sort of followed in its set. Uh, like my favorite one, we were parodying CM Punk, and it was like, um, I don't drink or drugs. or do drugs or talk to women. Um, <laughs> it was, which is funny because CM Punk notoriously talk, talks to a lot. of people.
0: anyway, um, yeah, let's just move on
1: because I have no time to give to Braun Strowman.
0: No, it was it was fine. I gave it a five. It was fine. Um, we then. We then got to the WWE Championship match between Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley, of course, coming out with MVP. Um Chris. I like MVP as a manager. I I really, really like he, MVP as a manager. He's
1: really he comes off as proper legit. Like you know, like um he actually trains with Lashley, like he's actually coaching Lashley. And um it makes sense because A, they were in a stable in TNA called beat Beatdown Clan with Kenny King. Um, great stable. Jim was in it for some reason um, at some point. So it was Manic. It was TNA's weird. Um, and then um, he's MVP also going. Look at my track record. I am a champion. Let me coach you in being a champion. It's great. He's a great. Also, he's like an amazing promo. And lastly, the shit promo. It's perfect.
0: Yeah, hard to disagree with that. To be honest, Chris. Um, and then uh, for some reason, sorry,
1: we'll continue. Um, I'm still really happy on a patriotic level that Drew McIntyre is has had such a good reign. Like he had like, Beltel with Rollins last year, um, last month rather, and he's had another one here with Lashley. What I liked about this match um, was both men very clearly had to change up their games at point, like going for submissions, like Bobby Lashley rolling out into an ankle lock um, or. Drew catching a spear into a that like That was, was beautiful. It, yeah, it was great. And like so smooth for someone who doesn't normally lock in Kamoras. And yeah, like this was so much better. So much better than I expected. This is a low key degree match for me.
0: The thing I will say is you've you've hit all the points there, Chris. Um it's it just goes to show for me. It's taken the WWE since the night after WrestleMania 34 to actually book Bobby Lashley properly. Because here, Bobby Lashley was a legitimate contender and will be again. And I will go out of my way to say, Bobby Lashley will be champion by the end of the year.
1: You know what? I think it's more likely to jump over and um, take the belt from Braun.
0: I think if you are going to put the belt on Lashley, you need to put the belt on Lashley soon because at the moment he's as he's hot as he's water. been.
1: But yeah, it's like this, the same thing happened with Indade in NXT. He was treading water, but then he got the right manager in, like in Andrade's case, Selena in Lashley's case, MVP, and it worked out beautifully. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I think like if you just do a few more months of like a couple more months of Lashley being um, trained by MVP, I think that could work. Um, this is pro- I'm trying to think of a Cena Lashley match better than this. Maybe he's one with Angle, but I can't think of any other.
0: He's never been one. of... I'm not familiar with his his um, his back catalog it's, and impact.
1: It's it's, a, it's, a, it's all the Lesnar thing, except he's not quite as good as Lesnar. Where like his MMA record makes him seem more legit, and then get- and so like when book well, like he wasn't TNA, it gives him a certain aura, but like he doesn't have the body of work to back up some of the praise people give him. Like People are like, oh, he could be putting on five-star classics. No, he couldn't. He's not that type of wrestler, but he could be... But Brock Lesnar's a bad example. He could be more like a Shayna Baszler type.
0: Yeah, no, I I see that. It's Again, from what I've seen of him, this has been his greatest in-ring achievement since he's been back in the WWE. And as that is nigh on two years, that's not good enough.
1: Oh, it's been two years already. Time moves so fast.
0: I know. Um, one thing I will say about this match because I gave it eight because I really, really, really gave it an eight it. as well.
1: It, it went to a low eight though because that fucking ending. What? Also, at the beginning of this match, Lana watching the TV sideways. Why the fuck do they still do that? They know we're laughing at them,
0: right? It was such a TV ending, and it just it didn't need to be. It the match had been that good that if Drew had got. A sneaky win. Drew is still legitimate because he's beaten a worthy contender. Lashley doesn't lose anything. But it just felt like nobody gives a shit about this Lana angle. And that's that's just the long and of it. No one gives a shit. I didn't realise it was
1: still going on until Lana ended up on the fucking tally.
0: Well, it's when someone said, oh, they're going to get divorced. I was like, is that even still a thing?
1: Is Liv Morgan still packing recess? Yeah, um, I don't know. It, it ruined <laughs> it for like me sure a little bit. Like... Um, yeah, but like, <sighs> this is probably the best match you're going to get under 15 minutes in the Fed. So yeah, and like, this is one I'd actually say go out your way to watch. I mean, overall positive feeling of both men coming away from this, of like everyone involved apart from Lana. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Don't let us slagging off the finish uh, ruin it for you. It was legitimately a really, really good match. You should go out of your way and see it. It was second best match of the card for me. So, yeah, absolutely go and check it out.
1: The greatest wrestling match of Backlash.
0: Oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 Chris. I want you to sit (laughs) the fuck down. I want you to shut the fuck up because I have got some shit to say about this. So, (laughs) yes, we do, Chris, because this absolute... Fucking horse cart of bollocks followed it. Now, I have said before that the WWE handles comedy like a kick to the fucking bollocks. And honestly, this, they advertised on the Sunday morning that the War Raiders and Street Profits, who have been in this feud where they've been trying to outdo each other in certain competitions, fine on TV for the, in, the Raw Tag Team championship's just been held at the moment without being defended. um. So we then had what was supposed to be a match, but we cut backstage and they aren't having a match. We get what is effectively our cinematic match of the pay-per-view. And this entire thing is whatever you can do, we can do better. But honestly, Chris, this was an absolute cavalcade of bollocks. You had um, brawling, then you had... They all had weapons, the... um. Street Profits had golf clubs and then War Raiders had Shields and then um, Hansen, because I refuse to call him Eric or Ibox I don't know which one he fucking is is holding up a bowling ball because he's the comedy one now, he's the stupid one. Um, Wait,
1: Hanson's the comedy?
0: Yes, Hansen is the comedy um, he rolls the bowling ball into the nads of Montez Ford because you know bollock humour we then go outside and one of them ends up onto the windscreen of Braun's car Uh, one ends up through the window of the performance centre this isn't the bad bit do you know what is the bad bit Chris do you know what (laughs) shows up afterwards fucking ninjas not just ninjas Chris ninjas on fucking bikes and then do you know who's the lead ninja Chris do you know who's the lead ninja Chris Akira fucking Tazawa because he's fucking Japanese do you get it do you get it he's Japanese ninjas do you get it oh my god if anything, on this fucking thing, had Vince McMahon written all over it, it is this. Why, why, why has Akira Tozawa been lumped with a fucking ninja gimmick? It is absolute, absolute. Bollocks! And then we have the Viking Raiders and the Street Profits then joining to become the Viking Profits. They team up and have a little fight with the ninjas and then a massive fucking ninja turns up. He's seven foot. And then for some strange reason, Hansen... Hansen has the force, and is able to summon a turkey leg out of a bush, because he's the fucking Jedi, and then we get up onto a truck, and the ninjas are never seen again until Raw the next night, and they fight on top of the truck, and then they jump off the truck into a dumpster, a truck which has no way Jose's face on it, that's awkward, and then they end up in a skip, and then, because we've already had one Star Wars fucking reference, we have another, but not before the referee, a random woman referee, turns up, goes, hey you guys, aren't you supposed to be having a match? hey Eric or Ivar whichever one Hanson is you're cute because of course we are because he keeps having flashbacks to stuff that's happened on Raw but in this skip there's something alive because a new hope Star Wars humour and then this tentacle appears and that's where we cut to black and the commentary team Chris after all this bollocks that included Akira fucking Tozawa dressed as a ninja because (laughs) haha Japan the commentary team don't mention it again
1: can I speak
0: now? No! Why does Hansen have the force?
1: Right, this is a bad segment. A bad segment? Right, right. Okay, yes. It's, a, it's probably the worst segment of the year. Oh, my God.
0: It was the worst thing I have seen all year. It. This makes the fucking Money in the Bank ladder match, which I know some people like. That's fine. That was a shit match for me. It was an in- it just didn't click. That made this made that look like Kenny Omega versus So Yeah, um, I, d-
1: I kind of just want to touch on the UK, which is our thing, because I've seen people going, "Why don't you give it a chance?" And it's going and I, and I thought back. I'm like, apart from Asuka, okay. Apart from um, in terms of male Japanese wrestlers, who hasn't been given a lazy racist gimmick? Like, you look at even Nakamura going to be I know Speaky English or um, now was a ninja. Go through back a few years, going for Naki. Um, I think, like, Hideo Tani's the only person who passed through and got out unscathed by a gimmick, and that's only because he got thrown in five. So, yeah, it's not great. Like, you have, like, amazing workhorse Tazawa stuck here. Um, I don't want to comment on the rest of this because sort of Rob's Rage got it across just fine. Um, Man, I kind of just want to move on. So, can we please move on to
0: something good? Utter, utter shit.
1: (laughs) So, anyway, the greatest match, wrestling match on Backlash.
0: The WWE did a wonderful job of packaging this. Um, They
1: beforehand gave me goosebumps.
0: The promo beforehand was amazing. Edge and Orton were fantastic. The fact that they did, the WWE did so many things to make it, you know, seem like this huge thing. You had the MSG microphone, you had Howard uh, Howard Finkel's voice um, coming through, which I thought was a lovely touch. Um, And, you know, they amped up the crowd chants, which I thought was great. You had different camera angles, which were a little jarring, but otherwise okay. I
1: like the crane cam just because it reminds me of Owen versus Brad.
0: Yes, um, the crane cam was really good. There was a double down, which looked really, really good.
1: Even the entrances, like, Drandy um,
0: Orton, sort of had a wide shot for his entrance. Like, it was just one long
1: shot. I thought that was quite cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the crowd splicing was actually done really well. It's very obvious that this was filmed beforehand.
0: It was. It was filmed on June 7th. Yeah, which it is- was June the 7th.
1: It's what the, it's like if you ha- like in my opinion if you have a show in advance you should do all you can to make to make everything pop. Lucha underground knew this and like this is the best thing good, um thing with done since Lucha. Um In terms of the match itself, I thought it was great. Like especially at the beginning where both men were sort of setting traps for each other. Like I, I we're both Jay White fans, but me and Rob live for that shit. And, like, as soon as they said, Like, especially Arsene, who was basically playing with his food for the first five minutes of this match.
0: I thought... Now, overall, I I made the mistake. I actually saw the amount of time this match went before I watched it. And so, <clears throat> the actual time that it ran was 44 minutes and 45 seconds. Now, that is a long-ass time. Um, and I was a little reticent to watch it because I thought 45 minutes of Edge versus Orton, that's, that's you know... I had 37, of it at Mania, and I didn't enjoy that. Um, But we did... I think it was hampered a little bit by the tagline. Now, if the tagline had taken some amending, because there was a ready-made storyline there, and the storyline that Orton and Edge continued to tell during the match, the entire storyline is that Edge has not been in the ring for a straight-up wrestling match, nine and a half years can he still go and that self-doubt that he had in himself that's the storyline that's all you've got to do and they told that story beautifully that first five minutes where you had the arm drags the edge tried one too many and orton was able to get out of it you know edge just you know orton just trips edge and edge clumsily falls out of the ring and you see him looking embarrassed and randy orton just laughing at him that was was storytelling at its best at the
1: beginning, even like on, from a fight standpoint, they were laying traps. Later on, when we were exchanging signatures, their signature moves almost blended together beautifully. It was like when oil and water come together to make a rainbow. Um, like and when like when things got um, when bombs started getting thrown, it wasn't like what you see now. Like I love what we have now, where bombs are thrown and it's all like backdrops and lariats and forearms. Here it was like old school stuff. It was like the it was like a crossbody was a big um, was a big move in this match because of how the match built, and that was really good. Like it was I don't say old school. It's I don't say old school. It's more like a... this is like the best example of a WWE main event I can think of in recent memory. Like in terms of like a WWE style main event because the WWE style sort of went awry. Um, yeah, like. It's just great. And I'm, I'm still so happy. But like when Edge's music hits, I still kind of get back right in the soul. Like I think both me and Rob had him in our top 10 of all time. And it just hits you right in the soul. As soon as you that You think you know me hits. And yeah, like it's one of the few times bit, um, where I can sort of switch off the whole, oh, everyone in that crowd probably has Corona now because I've, the match drew, um just suckers you in. It's just amazing. And again, at the beginning where I, I, Randy Orton was basically baiting edge was great and then like... But my favourite part was when Randy Orton sort of dropped edge of the commentary table and then you'd be listening closely, he's going, I'm going to fucking kill you. I'm going to fucking kill you. And it was great. I loved
0: it. I can't, I can't add any more to that. I think everything... You know, Randy Orton gets accused, and rightly so. And, you know, he's come at himself and but, said and, it.
1: No, but mentioned on the match, Randy Orton's been going, oh... Um, he's been coasting for nine years and is still a multi-time world champion
0: exactly and again that's that's played so well into the storyline yeah by the way how good was Samoa Joe on commentary Samoa Joe was really really good the commentary I will just say even Byron Saxton who I've got little to absolutely no fucking time for Um, I thought all the commentary team did an absolutely stand up job with this I thought it felt like a big fight feel mm-hmm. but
1: because joe would even go like um like for example when because the thing is this match was mostly stationary and holds like a lot like a good half of this match at least was stationary and holds but like they meant something because autumn was going for the neck Edge was going for the shoulder so they worked those parts um and Byron or something went oh this is a much needed rest for Edge and joe was like that's not a rest like he's working this body part like it's not as bad as being punched in the face but edge is still working really hard and expending the little energy that he has yeah. so like joe on comic like he makes it feel legit and that's partly because like joe very clearly loves like real fighting he very clearly loves like mma and boxing and stuff like that so like he tries to incorporate that and that's sort of like what malo does it's less over the top because As much as Manuel can bring to a match with his enthusiasm, when he tries to slow down and um, break down the fight, it doesn't quite hit because you're just used to him being boisterous all the time, whereas Joe's were actually breaking down the fight and it made everything feel more... That's what you need to do in Comfy. Like, rest holds are rest holds. You need to make the rest holds matter.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think Orton winning was absolutely the right choice. Um, Unfortunately, Edge has sustained a legitimate injury he's torn his tricep which means he's out for four to six months which that's so awful because he's been out for nine years exactly and to then he's had this match there's a buzz about this match rightly so as well because it's a bloody good match and then (laughs) to then have it ripped away is it's really really sad for him and it does mean he'll miss SummerSlam
1: yeah Um, which is where he returned last
0: year wasn't it uh, um, not to wrestle, but yeah, it was
1: not to wrestle, but like it's when he hit a spear, and people are like, oh, this could be a possibility.
0: That was the um, moment everyone realised he's coming back, isn't
1: he? Yeah, um, yeah, like Ed has been one of the very few things I've been interested in in WWE this year, just because look at the man. Um, and it's, it's very hard to like draw out um, and describe this match because, like, in terms of like what actually happened. Not a ton happened this is all story work, this is all character work and with a few bombs thrown in there, but like the smoke and mirrors work when the story's there, which it was.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now I just
1: now I'm just interested to see how Randy Orton because Randy Orton very this feud's very clearly going on given what happened on Raw because Christian came back, didn't he? And they had a match and he destroyed Christian. So like and maybe maybe he's gonna feud with Christian for a few months before Edge comes back or something. I don't know.
0: Well, that was something I was gonna ask you. Is Christian but I assume Christian has come out of retirement, has he?
1: Um, yeah, I doubt,
0: I, I haven't seen the match
1: from a I stand it wasn't up to much, or I think maybe like the fight over the next couple of pay per views while the way for Edge to recover.
0: Maybe, maybe. Um what did you give it, Chris, out of ten? I give it a nine. like I
1: I flipped up between eight and nine and then I thought about like just uh, and like In the COVID era, what else? I gave a 9, what else? I gave an 8, and I was like, yeah, this probably stands up there with a lot of
0: 9s I gave, so I gave it a 9. Um, I, um, I gave it a high 8, so do you know what? Fuck you. let's give it a 9. Why not? Why not? Um, so that was Backlash. Overall, a really, really good show. Um However, it was hampered somewhat uh, by the news that came out of the WWE, um, where it turns out that filming had to be stopped because uh, there was a positive coronavirus test result.
1: Because they haven't actually like, um, but like, of course, testing is widely available. Like, especially antibody tests, you need like you're very lucky to get one. Um, But like, you look at like I, I. if you bring up like AEW and a WWE argument, people seem to just go, "Oh, look, you're trying to score a point." If I'm not. I'm just using a point of comparison. AEW, you're looking for crowds. If people have elected to wear masks, they're wearing masks. Um, everyone on the show or in the building, they haven't had. They may not have had an antibody tests because that's very hard to get. But like again, I, I question the ethics when we talk about AEW. But like at least they're doing like swab tests. They're doing actual tests. Whereas, um, they just take temperature. And like, so many times, ty- like how many horror stories have you read in a news job where people haven't presented with a fever before getting the worst symptoms of corona? It's, and then um, reportedly people were told um, if you're gonna wear a mask, don't turn up. And that's disgusting. Cause you look at most crowds, Rob, like we're being told, well, we were told to stand six feet apart. A, um, six feet apart only applies if you're not screaming. Apparently if you're screaming, you should be further apart. B, you looked in the crowd and backlash a lot, Rob. But Even beyond people who, like, live in the same house or whatever, how many of those people were very much not six feet apart?
0: Yeah, it, it's not a good like, look at all. I saw it?
1: people go in... Because um, not only that, they're standing. Like, like, there's no marks on... Like, when we go out, there's no marks on the floor. Because are so obsessed with aesthetic. Like, they're so obsessed with aesthetic to the point where it's ki- literally killed people. So, like, there isn't a surprise... But also, people are very much trying to downplay it, which is so... Like, I saw someone... Um, so, um, Alvarez put up here um, the response he got about it, and which the thing was basically, well, we told them to stand six um, feet apart, so therefore masks weren't needed. No, fucker, but whatever. And someone goes, see, that's all you needed to hear. It's like, no, it wasn't. Someone's tested positive for fucking COVID, and they made it in the building. Apparently, and, like, this is the first actual test they're giving their roster now. With how long are we into this epidemic? Two or three months, at least. Time blends in together, but it's been a long. It's been long enough to test your fucking roster. You've had enough time to release half your roster. I think you can test the ones who are left.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's not great at all. Um, the fact that it's been widely reported that they've been told if you do if you turn up with a mask, you are not a WWE fan and. I've have <laughs> seen the person who apparently, again, this is apparently who has said this is Kevin Dunn. Apparently,
1: it's disgusting, absolutely disgusting. Like, even be like the fact that there was no masks in the crowd. Everybody was like, "Yeah, we talk, um no masks." In the crowd. It's, that's disgusting in itself. Like again, we we question like it's ridiculous questioning the ethics of. Um, Wrestling events now because they're just going to happen and it's annoying. But, like, if you're going to ha- have it, like, do what aew has been doing, do what like New-, New Japan or Stardom have been doing, where they've tested everyone who's going to be in that building. And when they're going to hold events in front of fans, they're going to be ex- ridiculous. Like, they have 4,000 people, they have less than 4,000 people in a 1,200-people arena. Whereas for, for here, they're in an incredibly enclosed space, they're very much not six feet apart. And none of them were allowed to wear face masks, whereas most, um, like again, in Japan, they're providing face masks because, like, face masks are to stop you from getting it. Is so if you have it, you can't cough accidentally get like get the molecules in the air, so the virus can't attach to anyone. It's it's just I don't, I, I think this every few months because every few months there is inevitably a massive um actually it's almost every team wants on some the dot there's a massive WWE controversy and one of these would sink any other company and I'm amazed WWE hasn't sank yet and what annoys me is that like this all this backlash they're going to turn that into a documentary in 20 years and make themselves a victim because that's what we do with elephants.
0: yeah um how we are going to stand for WWE TV, um, I don't know, because obviously they were in the midst of tapings, and those tapings have had to be abandoned, and rightly so. Um, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll see where we end up with that. Chris, did you want to, just briefly, because obviously unfortunately due to the power cut I had, we weren't able to talk about TakeOver. Um, do you just want to give some brief thoughts on TakeOver?
1: Okay, um, I'll just give um, if we just quickly run down the card, give quick for. Okay, so Shotzi, team, oh, I forgot everyone on the team. So team Shotzi versus team um, Candace, This was fun. Everyone got their moment to shine. Wakel uh, Gonzalez is, is being and Dakota Kai had a pretty good Shawn Michael Diesel thing going, which I which I found quite enjoyable. Um, Tegan Knox is just amazing. I can't wait to see her get more things to stick to um, stick her teeth into. Um, Shotzi Blackheart has a tank, and I think that's wonderful. Um and Candice Luray can fuck off. I'm still so done with the Garganos. We'll get into that in a second. Um yeah, this was this was fun. A really fun, fluid six man got everyone over. Gar hated it, which made me give it a seven.
0: <laughs> um just quickly just to um just to tag on to that before Chris uh, Chris moves on. Um there is a full write up of the show on the website uh, if you want to check out our ratings for it you can go onto the website www.podmania.co.uk the write-up is on the website and the uh match ratings are in the match rating archive chris next match for me um
1: okay. um next was priest versus bala this was great this was really good back and forth stuff i love how Ball has been um wrestling should coming back to NXT. it's less flashy but like Instead, like, for example, he still sends people outside for a dive, but instead of a dive, it's like a basement dropkick. Like, e- like everything connects hard. Um, his promos have been, like, especially his backstage promos have been fucking on point every time I see him. Like, in build up to this, when he was like, Damien Priest, you want to live forever? Well, you're not going a very smart way about it. Um, I'll, I'll let you kneel at the king's altar before I bury you. And that sounds ridiculous when I say it, but when Ballard does it, it's like, yes, ruin my life. I don't even care, you sexy Irish boy. Um. This is just great. Um, like, really good stuff. I didn't think old Punishment Martinez was capable of this sort of thing. Um, just It's weird, because there's essentially a heel versus heel match, but, like, Balor's very clearly building up to something, given what happened in NXT. He's going for Keith Lee's title, and then he's going to go after Cole afterwards. Um, Gigano was there, because he's always fucking there. Um, yeah, this is just really fun. That bump under the steps was nasty.
0: Oh, um, gave- no, no, no.
1: Yeah, no, it's like it's he hit him and everything went slow, Every, well, like everything went awful. a bit slower. Like um and fucking, Imogen Heath started playing.
0: Awful, awful.
1: Yeah, um, but yeah, great, great match. Um, eight out of ten. I think we both did, it a night.
0: We did, we did. Enjoyed yeah. it massively.
1: Cool. We differentiate on this match,
0: club <laughs> I thought this match was great.
1: <gasps> yes, um, lots of people. This, this, this seems to be very much like an Utami Arisa thing, and sort of a discourse around it, where people like um on my side or people on Rob's side, and like don't get me wrong, we're not like the leaders of each side; we're just on different sides We're like Romeo and Juliet. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I love Keith Lee, Keith Lee is Bay, and I love him, and I hope to one day have his babies, but. Um, Johnny Gargano, I have no time for nowadays. He has not had a great match since the last Cole match which was almost a year, which was a year ago now and yeah, it's like he just like I'm glad they finally settled on the fact that he's a heel so he can actually go in a direction but also he needs to pretend if he wants to be that shithead heel or if he wants to be like the Pete Dunne vindictive heel because like he he doesn't have the range to pull off both and in this, he seems to go between them. He wasn't all that great at targeting limbs because he said, like, that seemed to just get dropped as and when he wanted it to be dropped. Um, he tried to escape through a locked door, but, like, well, yes, in video pack it had him coming out of it. In reality, leads to nowhere because he doesn't live in the performance center. And yeah, and he tried to go through a locked door. Which is ridiculous. I mean, didn't despite tiding the eye on NXT TV, he didn't really do much with that. Um, like he had the super kicks, I can't think of, and um, I think a couple of gouges, but like again, about was picked up and dropped as he saw fit. Um, again, Keith Lee doing great things, like the pouncing. and um, the pounce and just throwing Gargano about. Love him. Um, love that he had Black Lives Matter on the back of him. Fucking respect that because I, I imagine like. Bat, would get heated Vince was within the building um just yim and um candace came out at some point and i just want candace LeRae to have one um storyline away from gargano because but she seems incapable of doing that right now just this map nothing clicked here for me and the only thing that gave it a passing grade for me was the fact that keith lee is like the perfect human being
0: See, I, I couldn't disagree with you more. I think the eye played a massive part in it. Um, I think you've let your inherent hatred of Johnny Gargano at the moment cloud the match a little bit because he did nothing but target the eyes and the fingers, which were the hi- the injuries highlighted before the video. And they, he targeted them fairly relentlessly. Um, I thought all the big spots clicked. I thought the chemistry was there. I thought... It went potentially a tad long. I do agree with you. I think the inclusion of Yim and LeRae was a little bit pointless and a little bit contrived and there was no need for it. I disagree with you. I think him trying to escape back through the locked door was quite funny, especially as you saw Keith Lee coming up through like the doorbell cam behind him and then you just saw Gog look at him and just hear him whisper, please don't, and then Keith Lee slamming him against the door. I, I genuinely thought found this match Really entertaining, really hard-hitting. There was great chemistry there. There was a decent story told. Yes, it went long. Yes, the women interference at the end was pointless. But otherwise, I disagree with you, Chris. I thought it was great. You gave it an eight, didn't you? I did. And um, so I gave did it, Garth.
1: I gave it a six. Um, we should point out that we both gave the six minutes. uh Seven. Gar gave it a four. And for some reason, we caved and, caved and went for democracy there. but We didn't cave and go for democracy here.
0: No, damn right, because you're wrong. Um, I'm not wrong. <laughs> I'm afraid you are, Chris. Anyway, next match.
1: Uh, next match was Velveteen versus Adam Cole. and It's so weird, because NXT, despite the fact that recently, more than anything, has been falling into the same tracks as main roster has, like the DRI Revival's Thinking of, like, the later S.H.I.E.L.D. revivals, where they're doing it for no reason. Um, like, literally people were like, hey, do you want to do it one more time? And we did it one more time. For um, some reason, and then Gargano was suddenly against. It's, it's stupid. And then um, just falling into, like, doing desperately gone for ratings, which has hurt me over a product. Every time I try to tune in up until build-up for this, actually, build-up for this, I actually found very entertaining. Um, but then this just it was like the nxt tv match but with some with a lot of nothing and a couple of cool things in there like for example um i forget what was called in nxt but simon shaw coming out and kidnapping the undisputed hour i'm into that i'm into a bit of kidnapping in my wrestling dexter um, yeah dexter there we go um so we, like about that was fun, and then, like, the entrances were cool, um, Golden Dream being that guy from Walking Dead, I should probably get round to that show one day, um, just, everything around this match had the potential to be, like, one of the best COVID-era matches, and then it was just bland for most of it, and then, at the end, it was, like, a standard NXT TV main event, and Cole won, which, like, I don't think is the worst idea in the world, but also, like, oh, this was ridiculous, I literally... Felt it pointless. There was just several minutes in this match when nothing was happening, and like I think having commentary over this match, while well, it added to something like Canadian Stamp, not Canadian, like um, Stadium Stampede, um, took away from it because there was a lot of dialogue in this match, and you couldn't hear it because Maro Beth and Tom were talking over it. Um, like nothing. Like again, it's like the other one. Nothing clicked. we here. There was less. To, there was less good to grasp onto.
0: Yeah I uh, I didn't enjoy this match again they they've either got to go all in on the comedy which was dreadful in this match um that Uber spot made no sense whatsoever and Fell Flat wasn't mentioned wasn't referenced was just a bit shit um it was a very very punchy 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 it was there was a lot of transition between spots, and the spots were great, and Velveteen Dream was great, and Adam Cole was great, Velveteen Dream coming out as a member of Walking Dead, like I mm-hmm. said, was great
1: but the issue is um they didn't have smooth transition, like literally just spots happened, I mean nothing happened for five minutes, I mean spots happened, but like this, like how I tried to categorise it, this wasn't like a 6 out of 10 was a good match with bad aspects, this is like a 3 or 4 out of 10 this is a bad match with good aspects
0: yeah, it's it's not great. Um, it's certainly one of the weaker cinematic matches of this uh, of this time.
1: Yeah, it's the, it's not as bad as the champ of with the gargano. Just on the basis of it wasn't an hour long.
0: No, it was fifteen minutes, just under fourteen fifty seven, I think.
1: Yeah, but it felt longer than that. It felt like at least twenty.
0: It did. It did absolutely. Um, um, I gave, gave it a three. Uh, we gave. I think overall it got a six. I think overall.
1: Um, is that just Gaff trying to boast the Bulbating Dreams rating because that's his favourite?
0: Uh, I reckon it's something to do with that, yes.
1: Yeah, um, and then the main event, which was just a fun triple threat. Um, I have some of the booking, which we'll get until the end, but like, this was fun. It, um, I'm sure I was obviously the standout. Um, Charlotte does come off as a star. Um, but like that's mostly that, that because they booked her so well over the years, performance the people are sick of her, and I can completely it's like I'm, I'm sick of her, and I watch WWE maybe like ten times a year in terms of a full show, like I watch like the takeovers and like the big four maybe, um, and then um, I and I'm sick of her, so I imagine if you're watching WWE week on week and week and week, you're like ah Charlotte just like fuck off or something. um you, Rip Ripley getting the towel taken off her, I think, is pointless. In hindsight, like again, this match is good, especially when it just descended into like random fighting. And I was sure I could jump off high things because she's really good at the jumping off high things. Um, but Rhea Ripley's the one who got pinned. By the way, she um, I, I'm surprised her face is still intact after that moonsault. Um, and like the knee connected with the fucking face. Like I I am surprised that. Um, well, not I, because Charlotte didn't get pinned so like the biggest thing I saw when Charlotte won the belt of Ripley as well someone would beat Charlotte and um, it would be a big moment for them and then no because Rhea just got beaten again and like I don't get me wrong I think she could be rebuilt. belt like she's not beyond repair or anything but like coming out of Survivor Series weekend there was two NXT talents who got over massively and that was um, Keith Lee and Rhea Ripley and they basically used Rhea Ripley to put Flair over. Uh, now, in, the, in a desperate attempt to draw a rating. I've watched about half of the NXT since uh, Mania. Um, Flair barely um, when Flair did feature it was shitty finishes um, or like bad tag team matches where Chelsea Green turned up for some reason. Um, just, and like yeah, like if she wasn't going to take the pin here, what's the fucking point?
0: Completely agree with you. Completely agree with you. I thought the match was great. I took issue with Ripley taking the pin. Um, Shirai is or feels like an absolute superstar. I just think she would have got a lot more of the rub had she pinned Charlotte. Because Charlotte is obviously not going back to NXT now. She's um, looking at role, she's a- so
1: She's done a- having a match with Vasca again because we need more of that. My thing is, looking at it. Um... Because basically how Rhea got into this match was rematch clause, which I think is stupid. I don't like rematch clauses as a rule, but... Sure, I got it through a briefcase and then getting screwed out, uh, getting, like, disqualified out of it. And I'm like, well, that's a great reason to have this match. And there'd be more heat, because... Charlotte's been like the heel, trying to get away from the big upstart, and then the bit like literally the story's there, but we don't want anyone to pin, don't want anyone in the next to pin Charlotte. And I'd know, I'd like we like again, we we've reviewed what two Charlotte matches this year, not including the rumble, and we gave both an eight. So like, she's a great performer. Fuck off, her.
0: Completely agree. Completely agree. Let's carry on with some of the other news then. Um, so. Obviously, we've talked about Paul Heyman being removed from creative. I just wanted to get your thought on that, Chris, really, really quickly, with Bruce Pritchard now over both shows.
1: Um, I haven't been watching RAW, so I couldn't tell you how he's been doing. Um, I've I've heard good things about COVID era real to be fair. So like, um, Heyman has a good like even like Heyman has bad booking tropes like, people sort of romanticise ECW, but if you go back and look at some of their booking, it was bad, but Heyman had a great eye for talent. So, like, that's what, so that's kind of what he offered, and if he's gone, because I'm trying to think of, I know there's bad examples of who P- Bruce Pritchard has tried to push, but, like, Bruce Pritchard basically got his this position because people liked his podcast, wasn't it?
0: Um, I think that and the fact that he's one of uh, Vince's besties he's done then
1: Yeah, that's my issue, where I was like, Hayman's got fired over um, standing his ground, whereas Pritchard hasn't. So, like, I think that's one bad thing. Again, I don't watch the product. I can't. Um, well, I don't watch the product week to week. I watch for paper. I watch a few, a few matches from pay per views um, if I can be asked. So, yeah, like the product seemed better from what I've heard, especially on SmackDown. Um, like the, the SmackDown just on the basis that they have a long Daniel Bryan match every week. But, yeah, I don't... I, I, if I had to pull Heyman, I wouldn't take him out of the booking position. So, And I saw people going, well, we should give Pritchard a chance or whatever. And I'm like, how do people still have faith in the Fed?
0: Yeah, baffling, baffling. Um, we have more wrestling returning. ...in um, the form of New Japan and Stardom. Obviously, we've had or we are in the process of the New Japan Cup. Our Young Lion cast episode reviewing that will be up on Friday. Uh, But in the interim, they have announced some more dates after Dominion on the 12th of July. So they've announced the New Japan Roadshow on Monday, July 20th, at Corican Hall. Uh, Sengoku Lord in Nagoya, that show will return on Saturday, July 25th, and that's in Aichi. And then we have got the Summer Struggle 2020 shows, Monday, July 27th at Corican, and then Friday, July 31st at Corican Hall. Um, Stardom have also announced their return. They are returning straight away with fans um that is just for their members however um they're very limited seating this is for Ju- june 21st uh at shinkimba and it is the stardom is again show and again this is very similar to the together project show that new japan put on this monday where the card will be announced at bell time uh chris are we excited and what do we think about the new japan dates
1: um, I'm always excited for new, um, ja- Stardom and New Japan, they're my favourite thing in wrestling, um, to be honest, I'm mostly looking forward to Stardom because it's been, because we have had, well, I'm sort of back in the groove of New Japan, like, I'm not going to comment on New Japan because, A, um, we, we're going to do that being lying, uh, like, if you just want to know what I feel, I'm enjoying it, um, and, B, Rob hasn't seen it, hasn't caught up with a cup yet, so I don't want to spoil it, um, but, yeah, no, it's just going to be fun. I enjoy being back in the rhythm of Japanese wrestling, especially New Japan being back, because I can get up at, like, I can get up at 10am, because I'm, pe- I'm a piece of shit, um, get a cup of Joe and, like, sit down and watch New Japan. It's been great. Um, just, yeah, just mo- more New Japan, please. It's been great so far, even with less than stellar matches, so... Well, less and instead of up, I should say, because the matches have been really good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, looking then at Impact Wrestling. So last week it was announced that the main event for Slammiversary, uh, with Tessa Blanchard currently MIA due to the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, they have announced a five-way Uh, for the championship, main eventing that Slammiversary show on July 18th. Uh, Tessa Blanchard versus Michael Elgin versus Eddie Edwards versus Ace Austin versus Trey Miguel. All with legitimate shots at the title. Chris, what do you think of that match? Does it have you foaming at the mouth?
1: Let's see. So who's again Tessa, Edwards, um, Trey and Austin.
0: And Elgin. And Elgin.
1: Um that's a that's a really good by of the lineup. And Impact have a really good roster going. Actually I watched the last few um well not the last few, but I watched Impact last week because it's a certain debut, I'm sure we're we'll going on to that in just a second. But yeah, no, that's that's a great lineup. because Elgin and Trey had a match and that was really good. Yeah, just that's really good. That's gonna be a really fun Oh, like that's a TNA feeling. Um thing. I saw someone going, all oh, these big men, how's Tessa gonna continue to win and I'm like and I think it's it's fake man um (laughs) like
0: fucking hell shit shit on everything man
1: yeah no that's it um with people going how is Tesla going up against uh, convincingly going up against Algon. I'm sort of like or well, like you can do it in like very sportsman like things like Tac Tessan needs to use her momentum um to get to keep Elgin moving, etc. Like there's K Fave ways you can make matches like that work. And Tessa is one of the best intergender wrestlers going. So Yeah, and it's just gonna be great. Um it's is the women's match confirmed or am I just speculating?
0: Um, I believe it is confirmed that it'll be Diana Perazzo versus Jordan Grace. I will just double check that while you talk about it, though.
1: Um, so basically, what happened? Grace finished a match. Um, Outcomes: Perrazzo doing her whole virtuoso pose. Um, I haven't seen her wrestle since May Young. So actually, no, she was on an episode of NXT UK against Tony Storm. Um, and like, well, you know that I'm a bit of a sucker for a good Fujiwara Fugi- um, Amber.
0: Yes. Sorry, it hasn't been confirmed yet, but it's looking highly likely that that will be the match. But yeah, like,
1: Peraza comes out, offers to shake hands with Grace, Grace takes it, and then, smooth as you fucking like, gets Grace down into a Fujiwara from the handshake. And, like, well, that's, my like, my favourite thing in the world, is a good transition into a Fujiwara armbar. Um, just because I like saying Fuji around, but but no, it's like and like the hand was straight, it was just perfect, and I loved it. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing, like, just on am of being in Impact. I'm very much looking forward to seeing um, where she goes, like mm-hmm. how she is, because she's just been jobbing out on Raw from what I've heard. So
0: yeah, she's got, she's very, very, she's got a lot of potential, and I think she was wasted on NXT, which is a shame. Um, I think she's in line for big things. She's only young. She's 26. So she's got a lot of good years ahead of her. Impact have got a good women's division. Um, It depends where Tessa goes after this. Unfortunately, there is a lot of rumours that she's got quite a lot of backstage heat at the moment. If she stays on Impact and if she um goes back into the women's division that means that your top three women, you know, taking out anyone else, your top three women are Jordan Grace, Tessa Blanchard, and Diana Perrazzo. I mean, any yeah. company in the world wants to take them three. Yeah. Um, yeah, is there anything else to
1: talk about this week? AEW?
0: Um, yeah, just wanted to quickly run through that. Just really um, quickly wanted to run through the fighter Fest card. Um, yeah. So... We've had some amendments to that. Uh, we've obviously still got Moxley versus Brian Cage. Um mm-hmm. it was Omega and Adam Page versus the best friends. The best friends then had to win a number one contendership match for some unknown yeah, reason. With
1: Lacer- with the Lassette guards who don't have with Jericho who has a, who has literally the worst record on AEW right now, he hasn't won a match this year. And I'm looking at that going, Can we stop pretending the records matter? <laughs>
0: Yeah, it was ve- it was very strange. It was very strange, especially as it was pretty much guaranteed that Jericho was going to be taking on Orange Cassidy, which has since been uh, confirmed. Um, yeah. We've also got um, Cody versus Jake Hager for the AWTNT Championship. Chris, I'm going to let you talk about that in a minute, so I know you want to talk yeah. about that from this week. Um, and then the AW Women's World Championship match has been confirmed. That's going to be Hikaru Shida taking on Penelope Ford.
1: <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> She's getting a title shot. Really? Sorry. But, but really? Is this because Chris Starlander is injured?
0: Yeah, Chris Dattland is out for the foreseeable unfortunately, with uh ACL. was it an ACL injury Oh, awful?
1: Think, yeah, no, she landed wrong on a dive. Yeah, it sucks. Um I'm mostly like I, I feel so, mostly for the mass like just taking into utilitarianism into account. We have to watch a penalty before a title match. But yeah, like um Cody's TNT run has been good. Like he's been using it how like I we both Agreed he should have, where he's doing like the senior open challenge thing, and he's had a great match with Jungle Boy. Um, I haven't seen his one with Mark Quinn yet, but I've heard that's really good as well. And then the dude who made the NWA came out I forget his name
0: Ricky Sparks.
1: Uh, yeah, Ricky Sparks. Um, anyone's better than anyone about NWA because they just don't put on good batches. Um, so I'm sure that's a rant for another time. But yeah, that's the Fighter Vest is looking fun. Fighter Vest is looking like a really fun B-shirt. Um, I'm still concerned about what we are going to do with Cage. Um, I and I'm very wary with AEW and monsters right now.
0: Yeah, it, if it was WWE, it's you know it's it's a no brainer. It's it's a screwy finish, but AEW have steered away from this, and we talked about this with yeah. the Brody Lee match at Double or and- Nothing.
1: The Brody Lee match was great though, like it was like a 90s feeling, title match Lee didn't really feel like, because Lee isn't, but the thing is, Lee isn't presented as an unstoppable monster, he's presented as a scary person, but not necessarily a monster, whereas Cage is very much like a machine, so like, and another shot of beating Moxley I think is going to hurt him a little bit. Yeah. We'll get. We'll talk more about that when we're closer because that's when is
0: that next? That's next month? July first is the first night, and then July eighth. They're doing it as two special episodes of Dynamite. Cool, so in that case, we'll be doing predictions next week. Absolutely. Final thing, Chris, before we wrap up this podcast. Um, you alluded to it earlier. Just an update. Um, next week on NXT, you have got a Triple Threat for the North American title between Keith Lee, Finn Balor and Gargano, and then the winner of that will go on to the July 8th show, which, yes, those are two matches. Uh, that is against the second night of Fighterfest. Fest, uh, where Adam Cole will take on the winner of that match in a winner-takes-all match. So we will have a double champion at the end of July 8th. The only reason I want to bring this up, Chris, is A, it was announced today, and B, I want you to tell me now who comes out July 8th as the first double champion on NXT?
1: Oof. Right, I have two theories. And neither of them are Gargano. Um... Shock me. <laughs> Honestly, if it's Gargano, I'll fucking, I'll, I'll fucking run naked through the skin. Uh, no, I won't. But... What? <laughs> it's just something we used to say um, in skill. Um... Right, so either Lee's gonna come out because you know he's the perfect human, as we have discussed, uh, and also like and the, like a convincing dominating monster. or I think Balla had the chance because his reign got um, passed on, and they're brewing a nice little thing between. They've been brewing coal and and Balla for a while now, so I think that could be a really good way to do it, and I think that'd be a great way to make Bala instantly legitimate, because like. He's saw I've been treading water for a while. Like, he has been being big names. Like, he beat Riddle and he beat um, Priest but, and, and Gargano, Maybe who I Gargano. guess is a big name. Um, really, not Gargano's the weakest match. Um, yeah, just really. That is actually. Like, I saw that. I didn't watch this week's NXT, but you know what? If I finish Last of Us 2 by then, which comes out at midnight, um, I, I may just. I, I may just check that out. Like, that sounds more interesting to me than. But, like, yeah, this is very obviously because, oh my God, AEW is doing a big show. We can't lose the ratings. So in fact, we have been losing the ratings. It's come in again. Um, a, um, NXT is still losing the ratings. And that's fine. Can we stop pretending that's a, ba- um, that's a bad thing? They're both different products.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Just wanted to get your opinion. So, that just about rounds off our week in wrestling for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, We will be back next week, next Friday. Just a few things that are coming up on the Podmania Podcasting Network this week. Friday, uh, when this drops at 10 o'clock, will be mine and Chris's rundown of the two nights of the New Japan Cup and the Together Project show as well. We'll be doing that at 4.30 4.30 recording that it'll be uploaded for 10 o'clock sunday the stardom cast will return running through the Yay. jungle kiona and queen's quest feud um and then the following week we'll be back with our week in wrestling um in the meantime guys don't forget to check out the website www.podmania.co.uk we can check out all of our archived podcasts and match ratings, and features, reviews, and previews. Uh, You can subscribe to the podcast anywhere you get your podcasts, uh, whether that is Google Play, whether that's Apple Podcasts, whether that's Spotify, Stitcher, we are everywhere. Uh, Talk to us on Twitter at, at Podmania. Join the Facebook group Podmania Podcasts. You can talk to me, on Twitter at at RealRobGoodwin. Chris, I'm going to ask you just for old times' sake what your Twitter handle is because I know you don't use it. I'd I'm,
1: I'm be, yeah. Just don't don't bother. I, follow me. I don't post on
0: there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening, guys. And we'll be back same time, same place next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at podmania facebook at podmania podcasts and youtube and instagram at real podmania. and check out the website podmania.co.uk until next time wrestling fans